0: On episode 74 of the High Performance Leadership Podcast, Finding Your What. If you're not fired up about what it is that
1: you're doing, you can only fake that for so long.
0: You're listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Insights and information from world-class leadership experts. Thanks for joining us. I'm Randy Lane. On today's podcast, I sit down with entrepreneur, author, and fellow podcast host, Steve Olsher. Steve's most recent New York Times bestseller, What Is Your What, helps people find out what it is they were meant to do. We talk about the book and why it's important for leaders to understand their what. Steve also has some great insight into new trends and technology. He helps us stay relevant personally and professionally in the digital age. And now, here's Steve. So Welcome to the podcast. We've got Steve Ulsher. How's it going? Good, man. How you doing? Excellent. I was reading a little bit about your backstory on your website, and it sounded very similar to Gary Vaynerchuk. Do you sure. know who he is? Yes. I've actually known Gary for the better part of probably a dozen years. He had the uh, Wine Library TV, so he was taking a traditional industry like wine and making it into this new digital empire based on his YouTube channel, and I saw that you started Liquor.com. Is that right? bought that domain in 98, so yeah. That's
1: yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's one of those things, man, where we were actually in the liquor business at the time. And just like Gary and, you know, and his family, we had liquor stores as well. And uh, my grandfather actually started a chain of liquor stores back in, gosh, 1939. Oh, wow. So my family goes way back. And then when I joined the family business, there was a very small piece of the puzzle that was doing gift delivery. So kind of like uh, FTD is for flowers, but we were doing it for wine and champagne and spirits and gift baskets. And then launched that on CompuServe's electronic mall in 93. So came online pretty early and then built one of the first
0: fully functional e-commerce sites in 95, which became Liquor.com when we bought that domain in 98. So is that where your love for kind of bringing a traditional thing and reinventing it into a digital thing that love came from?
1: I think it's more a matter of just really always kind of seeing what's coming before others. Mm. And that's, of course, a relative term in a relative statement because I only take action certainly in, in at least in my way of thinking at the wrong times <laughs> I'm either really way too early or I'm, or I'm way too late either way in terms of taking action but like I opened up a, a Coinbase account uh, I don't know about six months ago or I went to check a you know see one what of those. I, I went to see what I could do in crypto and <laughs> um and I was like man okay I'm gonna open a Coinbase account this you know did the, my usual, usual password thinking maybe I had opened up an account. Well, I did. Long story short, I couldn't get into that account using my usual name and password, but it wouldn't let me create a new account because it said that an account already existed. So I went back through some of the old usernames and passwords I used to use years and years and years ago, and I found the username and password that got me in that I used about six, eight, ten years ago. <laughs> so here I am thinking, all right, sweet. If I opened a Coinbase account six, eight, ten years ago, maybe I've got a hundred coins sitting in there that I bought for a bought for a buck a pop, <laughs> and uh, and there was nothing, man. It was heartbreak. <laughs> so I'm really early, and then don't take action on things. This is one of those things where I actually took some action, which, uh, which I think will will pay off eventually, but I actually still own the, uh, company and, uh, and still have involvement on a board
0: level. If only you had put just a couple of dollars in there, you'd be rich right now.
1: <laughs> well, you know, we probably, we wouldn't be talking. I'll tell you that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's back up a little bit. Kind of, can you give me your background? Kind of tell me your story of how you came to where you are now.
1: The background is as that that serial entrepreneur that's just kind of built into the DNA, you know, man, it's it's interesting because for me, I've, I've just been always wired in that uh, in that entrepreneurial way, whether I was a kid picking up a rake and trying to move some leaves around or trying to shovel some snow, you know, and going door to door to do sidewalks and driveways. Just always, always had that entrepreneurial spirit. And uh, that led to DJing, I actually DJing in clubs for a number of years and opened up my own nightclub. When I was quite young and that led to uh, other endeavors and catalogs and dot coms and real estate and coaching and speaking and, and writing. But it's kind of been a, an interesting trek of, uh, of a series of really
0: good events and a series of really unfortunate events. I think that's the best way to put it. So you're going to teach people about the mistakes that you've made and the successes you've made.
1: No, I, I, why, why would I want to do that? You know, it's like, well, just because I had to suffer through it doesn't mean I shouldn't, you know, giggle as everyone else does, right. right? It's like, no, I'm just playing. Of course, we try to help people, but at the same token, there's a lot to be a lot to be said for learning on the fly and a lot to be said for going through some of the stuff. And, you know, I, honestly, with the way a lot of the young folks are nowadays, they just want those answers and they want them quick. And I'm not sure that's always the best route to success.
0: Sometimes you got to suffer through it. At least you got to figure out what works and what doesn't, yeah. Currently, you have a book out called What Is Your What? Kind of explain to me what that book is all about.
1: That's the third book that I put out. That's the one that hit the New York Times list in uh, 2013 or early 2014. I can't remember. Uh, But What Is Your What? is really all about helping people discover that one amazing thing they were born to do. And so I created a very specific framework that helps people identify really not only what it is that they're naturally wired to excel at, but then more importantly, how to actually bring that to fruition and share that in a meaningful way. And more importantly, how to monetize it.
0: I don't want you to give away all the secrets that are in your book, but you do have a a place on your website where people can get the book for themselves. What are some of those three steps? So if someone's listening today, they can kind of take action right away.
1: Yeah, you know, it really does start with, number one, having that that light switch turn on where you have to have that moment of awareness, that moment of awakening, if you will, where you step up and you say, okay, there is actually something that I am naturally wired to excel at you know, and there is something out there that I could be paid extraordinarily well for that comes as naturally to me as breathing. I don't want to put a percentage on it because I don't know what the exact number would be. But I bet you it's 99% and change of the people who walk this planet without even having that light switch turned on. You know, they just kind of do their thing. And, you know, look, reality is, it's not for me to say whether that's right or that's wrong. But I do believe that the majority of the people will kind of go through life being awake, but not Really being alive, and then there's a strong delineation between the, those two ways of being. So I, I think step number one is really taking the time to to find a modality that works for you, whether it is what is your what, or a Myers-Briggs, or what color is your parachute, or whatever it might be, and really just step into that and recognize that yeah, there there is something that allow me to leave uh, a legacy that will well, of course, not only impact those who share this lifetime with me, but also those of lifetimes to come. Get that light switch on, right? I mean that's definitely step number one, and and just embrace that notion. Uh, step number two is to come to the answers that will help you really hit that ground running, which in, in our case with the what is your what framework really involves uh, gaining clarity on what your core gift is. Uh, that really reflects what is in your DNA. As I like to say, your what really has chosen you. It's not that what you have chosen. And what the primary vehicle is that you will use to share that gift. And then who are the people that you're most compelled to serve? So it's a combination of the gift of vehicle and the people that make up the what is your what framework. And that would certainly be step number two on the path. And then step number three would be implementation, right? I mean, knowledge without action, in my way of thinking, uh, you're better off not having the knowledge because all that's
0: going to do is keep you up at night. And so I hear a lot of people talking about find your passion these days. Is that different from finding your what? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of pursuing your passion because to
1: to me, a passion is something uh, that you just really enjoy doing. Which is all well and good, and you should enjoy what you do. But just because you love growing tomatoes in a garden doesn't mean you should be a farmer. <laughs> you know, so there's a distinction between being passionate about something and turning those passions, you know, into actual profits. For most people, it's, it's really hard to make a living from your passion. I'll put it to you that way. You know, very few people will make a living from their passion. And so I think that we just have to be realistic and and give advice that says you can be passionate about something, you can have a passion, but that's uh, that's what hobbies are for. You know, you want to grow tomatoes in your garden, have at it. You want to give them out to your neighbors and everybody loves your tomatoes. That's cool. But it doesn't mean that you're going to create a a farm that actually provides for you and your family. So
0: do you have any good examples of people that you've worked with or you've known that have found their what?
1: For about seven years, I did an in-person event called the Reinvention Workshop, which was basically kind of like what is your what live. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is amazing when people are able to tap into what their what is and then be able to share that with strategic abandon. And oftentimes it's not terribly far outside of what it is that you're currently doing from the standpoint of of like I'll give you an example of a woman who came to the reimagined workshop who who was there with with actually quite a bit of clarity already around what her what is if we go through the what is your what framework she knew that her gift her core gift was healing because she was a natural born healer so her gift was definitely healing and the primary vehicle that she was using to share that gift is nursing and so she had been a nurse for 30 something years and, and really enjoyed nursing, but just always kind of felt like a, a piece of the puzzle was missing and she didn't really know what that was. And so when we started digging into the what is your what framework, it became quite clear that what was missing uh, were the people, that she lacked clarity on who the people are that she's most compelled to serve. And after going through the, the, the various uh, stages of, of helping to figure out what that answer is, she wrote two words on the board that have really changed her life dramatically. Those two words being disadvantaged and elderly. It really became clear that the people that she's most compelled to serve are the disadvantaged elderly. And those aren't the people that she was seeing every day in front of her. And so fast forward, I guess now it's been about five or six years already. But she's been working as, uh, as the head nurse or charge nurse. I forget exactly what the terms are. Uh, in a VA hospital and working with the the disadvantaged elderly. And it's really made all the difference for her.
0: That's a good example. I've always heard if money wasn't an object and you could take away all that, what would you do with your time? And then that Mm -hmm. will lead you towards a step of finding what you think is important in your life. Is that a way to go about it? Or should you start by leaning on your strengths and saying, this is what I'm good at. And then matching it with what I'm thinking of, like your example with the nurse.
1: Reality is, there's no right way, there's no wrong way to to go about figuring out what that is for you. I will say that there's a fine line between when you look at what your natural strengths are versus, you know, if money weren't an object, what would you do? Right? I, I mean, like, let's be honest. There, there's a about a million things we could come up with that we would enjoy doing if money wasn't an object, but would you really enjoy doing it every single day, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's ultimately the bigger question is you could start with what it is, that, you know, if money wasn't an object and you were doing that, would you enjoy doing it? Sure, you could start with that. Mm-hmm. But I think there's two other questions that you really do have to, to be able to pop into that equation to make sure that this works. And, you know, One is, would doing this inspire you every single day? And for a lot of people, you know, and sure, I'd love to skydive. Um, okay, but do you want to skydive every single day? Really? You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like, I want to DJ in the clubs. Okay, well, um, go out and be a club DJ. But do you really want to be on the road 40 weeks out of the year? You know, I mean, I don't know, right? I mean, these are just the kinds of things that you got to run through in order to find the right answer. And and I think what you'll find is that the balance of what it is that you are good at, what it is that comes Really easy to you, and what it is that you actually can make money doing uh, will give you a solid foundation for figuring out what your what is. But I'm just of the mindset, man, that y- you have to include money in the equation. Yeah, you can think about it from that standpoint of look, if money wasn't an object, would you, you know, what would you do? But when you circle back to the fact that you got to be honest about whether or not you can actually make a living doing it. And that requires you to have clarity around what a living actually means for you. You know, you may be okay being a a digital nomad and just kind of couch surfing and and bouncing, you know, from here to there. And you can get by on a thousand bucks a month. But I guarantee you, at some point, you're going to wake up and you're going to go, this sucks. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean that's just that's just the reality. You can only ride that horse for so long until the horse says, Look, I gotta stop and drink.
0: That seems like a current trend recently too, people glamorizing the idea of traveling the world while working digitally. And that sounds good for like an extended vacation, but I think after a year you would at the most, you'd probably be really tired of that.
1: Yeah, and look, reality is if you're twenty one or you're twenty two and that's what you're doing, um, then cool. Then reality is, you know, most corporate environments don't want you in their office anyway, when you're 21 or 22, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? You're just going to be a distraction. I mean, there's very few 21, 22, 23, 24, 25 year olds who are mature enough to actually work in a real job, you know, to actually work in an environment or even to start a company. I mean, you can count those people on one hand. So it's like, go be that digital nomad, go get all that stuff out of your system, go, go couch surf, go live, you know, off a thousand bucks a month. And then when you're you know, ready to, to do something for real and you need a, a scalable system and you need an actual organization to support that, whether that's through your creation or through being a part of someone else's, hopefully you'll be mature enough by then to make that
0: sustainable. This may be a good personal story, but for me, especially as soon as I graduated high school, I really didn't have any passion or direction in life, didn't know what my what was. And so I knew enough to know that the traditional path that all my peers were going on was not for me. Going to college, mm-hmm. spending a bunch of money I either didn't have or my parents didn't have, you know, putting us into debt. So I decided to join the Navy. So right out of high school, I joined the Navy. I signed up for a job randomly. And I was assigned as a, a journalist and I was able mm-hmm. to do a lot of traveling. And actually found out that was what I was passionate about doing. And wow. so that was helpful for me. I know that I'm, I'm lucky in that regard that I could stumble into something that I liked. But I saw a lot of people, especially when I was younger in the Navy, that joined because they didn't have a what.
1: First of all, thank you for your service, for oh, yeah. sure. And second of all, it's actually really sage advice, you know, because what I talk to people about quite often is you just got to get started with something. You know, even if it's the wrong thing, just get started with something. You know, and and frankly, there are people who could do a, a number of things really, really well, and could find themselves making a phenomenal living doing those things. Mm-hmm. And so, the only real way that you find out which path it is that you absolutely should be on is to go down parallel, parallel paths. Path. So sometimes you've got to dig into some of this stuff and just start. And that may mean, you know, doing 10 hours of one thing and doing 20 hours of another and 10 hours of another until you really begin to take hold on. Yeah, this this path is where I want to spend 20 hours of my week and I'll spend 20 hours over here until then it becomes 30, 10, 35, 5 and so on and so forth. Until you realize, okay, this is really the path that I'm meant and made to walk.
0: So it's like finding all the stuff that you don't want to do so you can find what you want to do. Similar to like, if I only tried uh, chicken tenders, maybe that's all I think I like. But if I I need to try all the food in the world, there may be lots of food I don't like. But I can find that thing that I'm really passionate about that food I really love.
1: I think just playing off of that, if you want to call it a process of elimination, I think there's there's absolutely something to that, for sure. I mean, it's, it's just like, Anything else in life that you create that is uh, sustainable is you probably had to eliminate a a number of different options before you recognize that mm, this is absolutely the one.
0: I think a lot of people spend time listening to podcasts like this, reading books like yours, and I'm sure the people that write these books, that create these podcasts, just wish that the people would go out there and do what they're saying do. They spend so much time analyzing and waiting for the right moment that they just yeah. let it pass them by.
1: Yeah, and look, reality is, man. I, I hope this is the last podcast that some folks <laughs> listen to. You know, I mean, really, with uh, you know, I've got my own show, right? So mm-hmm. I, I mean, of course, I don't want people not to listen to shows, but to your point, yeah, let's make this the last show that you guys listen to, you know I mean? Really, let's just go out and do it and uh, and stop listening and waiting for that, you know, knock on the door and uh, and that knight in shining armor to come in and, you know, and ask you to kneel and he's going to tap you on the shoulder with a blade and just be like, okay, uh, you are the anointed one, it's your time. You know, I mean, the stars are never going to lie. It's not going to happen. If you're thinking about what it is that you truly are meant and made to do and you're having trouble figuring out What that is, just know this, which is that you truly are the solution to someone else's problem. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be that far down the path in order to really help someone. I know I was being a little facetious earlier about wanting people to suffer and go through it on their own, which, you know, there's obviously something to be said for learning. But reality is one of my favorite expressions uh, is to a second grader, a fifth grader is a god. Right. And yeah. so I got to be is uh, just a couple steps ahead of the path uh, on the path there to ha- to help others and just be willing to to be that first domino to drop because there are people literally waiting for you to show up. We're literally waiting for them to show up and so on and so forth. So
0: be that first domino, you know, and set things in motion. I love that. I think we probably said that earlier, but I love the idea of if you're having trouble finding your what, just look at who can you help. And that's a great starting point, isn't it?
1: It is for sure. And you'd be amazed. <laughs> what people would pay for that you take for granted insofar as your knowledge is concerned i mean even just like here on this show right now you know the microphone you're using the headphones you're using the system that you're using to record this the audio editing software the the marketing the promotion all the things that you just do that you take for granted those are all things that people who want to do this have a question about Mm -hmm. and if you can help them shorten their learning curve and as, uh, you know, as I've often said, you know, it, there are people who are literally praying for you to show up in their lives. So if they can you know, get off their knees and stop praying because you've provided the solution that they're looking for, then it's time for them to start paying. Right. And they should absolutely be paying you for your expertise and the knowledge that you've been able to accrue over these years that, uh, that frankly, you probably take for granted. We'll be right back.
0: This podcast is sponsored by 360 Solutions. Are you ready to work for yourself as a business consultant? 360 Solutions can give you everything you need to start, build, and run your own practice. In our 20 years in business, we've helped hundreds of people just like you live a fulfilling life developing organizations and leaders in your area. Visit 360 Solutions to learn more or come to one of our high-performance organization workshops. We're hosting them in Austin, Texas and Yosemite National Park this November. Find out more at 360hpworkshops.com. That's 360hpworkshops.com. So this podcast is about leadership, so I want to kind of put some of that perspective into it. If I'm a leader, I'm in charge of people, and I don't know where my what is, What, what are the problems with that, and what are some ways that maybe I can try and build myself up so I can find my purpose as a leader of people. And that's a really interesting question.
1: When you think about it from the standpoint of what defines a, a good leader, and I'm sure if we, well, if you go back through your your guests and you just email them and, and said, hey, you know, by the way, how do you define leadership, right? I mean, you'd get 200 different answers or right. whatever, you know, I mean, it's just no one has a set example or a set answer for exactly what leadership means. But what I will say is, is that based on my understanding of what leadership is, it's really being able to identify what a a specific goal or objective is and getting people fired up about achieving that, right? Mm -hmm. And so reality is if you're not fired up about what it is that you're doing You can only fake that for so long. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's like if you have one foot out the door, what do you expect from your people? Mm -hmm. Most folks is they can feel that, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, we can sit here and we can act like we can just kind of wing it and we can just bullshit. You know, from nine to five. Right. I mean, we can just do that. And then when the door closes, we can get back to who we really are. But people feel that. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and if they're feeling that incongruence, it's super hard for you to be an effective leader. You've got to sit down and you've really got to make sure that you're not a square peg trying to jam yourself into, into a round hole because that's only going to result in pain. So, from my perspective, you have to be clear on on what your core gift is. Who are the people that you're most compelled to serve? and, and what is that primary vehicle that you want to use to, to share that gift? And oftentimes, what we find, at least what I have found when I go into a lot of corporations is you you've got a lot of very talented people who just uh, they're in the right company, but they're just in the wrong department. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the case, if marketing is not your bag and you've been trying to put yourself out as a marketer and you'd rather be coding and creating products, you know, then that's where you need to be. It's a really interesting point. And I will say that from my experience of of seeing people who are literally checked out from the time that they walk in the door, that's not only doing a a huge disservice for, of course, yourself, but for the organization, for the people you're supposed to be leading uh, and for the customers who you're supposed to be serving.
0: I just thought about this and it might sound a little inception-y, but maybe the trait of a good leader is helping the people they're leading find their what.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I know it's kind of a cop-out because I've been asked this question before of like, you know, oh, Steve, what's your what? Well, you know, mm-hmm. for me, often that answer is it's really helping people discover, share and monetize theirs. Whether it's inception-y or not, I like it. You know, I mean, reality for me, as I listen to you say that, is it rings very true is I do think that a good leader should be one who steps up and says, you know, Matt, you're not the right guy for this job or, or Jill, I love you, but this is not where you're supposed to be. And so let's get
0: you to where it is that you need to be. And I can tell you point blank, it ain't here. You're also, Called the reinvention expert, right? So, just kind of tell me what does reinventing yourself look like? Why do people need to reinvent themselves?
1: Yeah, and, and that's from a corporate standpoint or from a personal standpoint that I help people in in that realm of, of reinvention. From a personal standpoint, it really just boils down to not changing anything at all about who you are or doing some massive, you know, one hundred and eighty degree turn where you were this and now you're that. I, I really do think it's more a function of just getting back to the essence of of who you truly are in terms of how you're naturally wired to excel and kind of shedding the shackles of the outfit and the personalities and the expectations that people have thrown on us over all of these years and just getting back to the core to the essence of who you truly are so from a personal standpoint i believe it's more of a a shedding and from a corporate standpoint i really do believe that it's more of uh of a building uh, and uh and a reconnecting with why you got started in the first place you know because we we often as business owners start going down paths where the money is and two, three, four, five years down the line, we look around and we built this great organization, but it's so far removed from what it is that you wanted to do when you started that it doesn't even reflect what that initial spark was to get you to where you are, which in some cases is fine. But in a lot of cases, it's tough for folks to go to bed at night and look themselves in the mirror knowing that this is what they ended up doing.
0: So what happens if I'm a company, a traditional type of company, and... You know, like you were saying just now, a company that was successful despite losing the essence of who they are. There's a lot of traditional companies now who are losing out or becoming irrelevant because they're not keeping up with the changing times. They're not reinventing themselves. How do you work with a company like that? I think it's
1: just simply a matter of when you look at what the changes are, typically the changes are technology based. Mm -hmm. So it's not that people like Kodak, right? Kodak's a perfect example. It's not that people aren't taking pictures taking more than just, ever they're just taking them differently right so if we want to capture life's moments or whatever their tagline used to be it's not a matter of, of moving away from that it's simply a matter of just adapting to the new technologies that allow people to do what it is that you were originally set forth for them to be able to do so oftentimes it's just a matter of stepping back and saying This is what our original, you know, using Simon Sinek's terms, right? I mean, what our original why was, right? If we're looking at it from that standpoint, why did we start this company? Why? Who were we most compelled to serve when we started down this path? Oftentimes, it's just simply a matter of adapting to what's possible today using today's technology, but more importantly, today's way of thinking, right? And and so that's ultimately what a lot of companies just have to step back and look at is doesn't necessarily mean that that our goal or objective or our reason for being has changed. It's just simply the deliverability of what it takes to accomplish
0: that objective. All right, let's kind of pivot here. You're kind of also the expert on new media and the changing technology and stuff like that. We've been kind of mm-hmm. talking about that. There is so much out there these days. It's just it's a lot of noise. It seems like how do you cut through If you're an organization or an individual that's looking to use new media, use the internet to increase your business, to help your business, how do you cut through and find the stuff that actually brings you benefit?
1: In my way of thinking, it boils down to picking a horse, right? You've got to choose a channel. The problem is, especially in the corporate realm, we want to be all things to all people and on all channels, whether that's through podcasting or whether that's through mobile, whether that's through blogging or whether that's through social media, whether that's through video, you know, it's just like, you know, all of these things exist. And if we're not playing in in all of those, you know, in all of those ballparks, we're going to be losing the game. Mm-hmm. And so what I believe is that if you're going to be playing in the new media space, where you really need to start is with a channel that best complements
0: mm-hmm.
1: who you are and, and what it is that your company stands for. And so if you're not serving millennials, why are you trying to play on Snapchat? you know it's like who who else is on snapchat now, you know kids right even uh, instagram to some extent right is mostly geared towards the younger kids and so even from just from a social media standpoint if you're if you're dealing with corporate clients and those are your people linkedin is your is your right like that's you know that's where you should be that's where all of your extra efforts should be focused from a social media standpoint if you're a visual company you're probably going to be playing with youtube through video or one of those or or through pinterest right i mean it's just it's a matter of really understanding where do your ideal clients gather? Right. And I think that we get caught up in the medium more so than we get caught up in the mode of consumption. And so the medium in my way of thinking is really irrelevant it's simply a matter of understanding where your ideal clients gather.
0: So like find your audience and then find your ideal way to reach them and see if they kind of mix well.
1: Yeah. And you may find that you have to do a combination of a couple of different things and, and that's all well and good. But I will say that what I have seen is too many companies, again, trying to reach all sorts of different demos. Mm-hmm. And, and in my way of thinking, there's a lot of money being wasted. And in a time where, you know, money truly is fleeting because of how fickle people are, all we have to do is look at some of the examples of, of larger companies that have blown up recently. Money's fickle, mm-hmm. you know, and if we, if we don't invest our money wisely as corporations into marketing, you know, initiatives that, that truly provide an ROI as opposed to just become a loss leader
0: for the sake of visibility, that's going to catch up to you. Perfect case in point is this podcast that you're on right now. So I have a strength as a former military broadcaster. So that's why I enjoy doing podcasts. My usual co-host, not on today, Chip Wilson, he's an amazing speaker and he hates writing. Mm -hmm. He can talk all day long and he Mm -hmm. loves to talk for crowds. He loves to tell people and impart his wisdom, but I could not for the life of me get him to write a blog post or an article to put on our website. So I said, how about I give you a mic and see if you enjoy that? And lo and behold, he could do that really well. So we kind of said... Maybe this is our medium because it's a strength of both of ours. So what we do also is we take the podcast... We can make a video form of it. We can take the main points and put it into a, a blog post. So I also sure. think a good tip would be to create content once and then use it in a bunch of different media.
1: Yeah. Repurposing, of course, is is huge for sure. And uh, even in this realm, there are a couple of, uh, of decent pieces of software out there that will do the repurposing for you. And literally, you just kind of set it and forget it. And it's true. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, people want to consume what they want, when they want it and on their profile preferred device, right? Mm-hmm. And in their preferred format. And so I understand why people want to reach as many people as possible in as many different places as possible. But if you look at some of the larger shows that are out there, for instance, in the podcasting world, very few of those shows that are in the top, let's just call it the top 100, do things on multiple media right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, podcasting is what they do. And maybe they repurpose into a, a blog post and something like that. But very few of them try to do uh, everything in all the media. Like Joe Rogan's a perfect example. You now, if you want, if you want to listen to, to his show, you're going to be listening to it and seeing. you know, that's, you're going to catch it as a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And your people will find you.
0: So look into your crystal ball. What do you think the major trends in the future are going to be? Where should people be if they're looking at, you know, staying relevant?
1: You have to think about it uh, in terms of audio, right? I mean, you have to give serious consideration to audio as being a part of what you're doing because it just lends itself better than any of the other media to the way that we are as a society now. And the way that we are as a society now is we're a multitasking society. You know, we do more than one thing at a time. And so if you're trying to watch a video, you can't do anything else. If you're trying to read a blog, you can't do anything else. And so with the advent of uh, especially with AI and what you're going to see in terms of the in-home devices and being able to program pretty much whatever you need at the at just uh you know the at a command at an utterance if you will using the current terms that's pretty powerful and with CarPlay going into every dashboard of every vehicle that's being manufactured now that to me is a, is a really good indicator that we have a lot of room to grow in the audio space, especially when you look at autonomous vehicles and other things that are going on in terms of the advance of the
0: various technology, I, just, I think audio has the most room to grow right now. I always have friends that are commenting, they're like, how do you stay up on all the news and what's going on? You know, you're just as busy as I am, and I say, you know, when I'm cleaning the kitchen, when I'm walking the dog, when I'm mowing the grass. I'm listening to podcasts, You're right? And they're always like, Oh, okay, I guess that's a good use of that time. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. And I mean, we're, we're kind of going all in on the on the audio front as well. I mean, that's why we created the New Media Summit, right, which is which is something we did for the first time. And just uh, we're, we're big fans of, uh, of what's going on in the audio space. And uh, and
0: believe that that represents a really good opportunity right now. Excellent. So I know you've got several books, you've got a radio network, is that correct?
1: Not a network, but we do. Uh, we actually do reinvention radio as a live radio show. Okay. Uh, and we then repurpose it as a podcast. We've got several shows
0: under the reinvention radio umbrella. If I want to find your books, what's the best way to get your books?
1: Well, you know, we've been talking a lot about what is your what? Discover the one amazing thing you were born to do. So I certainly encourage folks to grab a copy of that, which they can do for free. We actually give away the entire book. So if you want to grab a free copy of that New York Times bestselling book, what is your what? You can go to what is your and grab it there.
0: And what other books do you have available?
1: The other books are, well, the first book was called Journey to You, A Step-by-Step Guide to Becoming Who You Were Born to Be. Uh, and the second book was called Internet Profits, P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S. The World's Leading Experts Reveal How to Profit Online. And that one is uh, a little bit dated, but as I as I just actually recently uh, reread a good chunk of it,
0: a lot of those principles
1: still apply for sure.
0: And if people want to listen to you, your podcast or listen to your live show, what's the best way to get that?
1: Yeah, reinventionradio.com. And uh, we do broadcast live every Thursday from 12 until 2 Pacific. And then, we actually take calls as well so if you wanted to call in and join that conversation that'd be great to have you but where radio.com is where you can get more info on that and then of course all the archive shows are there as well. Do you have a regular cast of characters on that show? Uh, we do we do it as a morning zoo so I've got myself and uh, Mary Goulet and uh, Rich o'tay and gentleman Wade Taylor who we call White Wade who uh, <laughs> hangs out with us as well so yeah we, uh, we do it morning zoo style for sure. What are
0: some of like the common topics you guys talk about?
1: You no, know, it uh, it varies because we well every show has a theme. So it's reinventing fear, it's reinventing sex, it's reinventing marketing, it's reinventing sales. It's you name it, right? Like the last show we did was reinventing sushi, and uh, we had the uh, the first family of sushi: the guy, uh, the grandfather, uh, the grandson. Of the gentleman who uh, who really uh, kind of Americanized sushi was on the show. So every uh, every show has a theme. And uh, and then we have, as I said, shows underneath the re radio umbrella, like What Is Your What Wednesday, where we talk, obviously, about the principles from the book What Is Your What, and Soulful Sunday, that's a little more on the spiritual side. <laughs> uh, we have the New Media Minute as well. And so
0: few few different things going on there. I'm going to definitely add that to my list of stuff to listen to. Um, Sweet. Yes. Sweet. If somebody wants to get a hold of you specifically, what's the best way to contact you? Steve
1: Olson. Olsher, would be the best place to start. So definitely
0: steveolsher.com. Well, thanks for coming on the show today. I think everyone will find all your information insightful, and I hope they subscribe to your podcast and read your books. Well, thank you for that, man. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. Every little bit helps. Our website is hpleadershippodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hpleadershippodcast. Follow us on Twitter at HPL underscore podcast and shoot us an email at podcast at 360solutions.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.